Jeff Brom is the portal king. We'll explain why on today's episode of the Locked On Louisville podcast. Stay tuned. You are Locked On Louisville, your daily podcast on the Louisville Cardinals. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is going on, everyone? Welcome into another episode of the Locked On the Louisville Podcast. I'm your host, Dalton Pence. I serve as a credential media member for Cardinal Sports Zone. I also do some PA announcement work for the university in various sports. I want to take this time to thank you all for making us your first listen of the day. Excuse me. Just a reminder that the show is free on all streaming services, five days a week, your team, every day. Well, it's time to call it how it is. Louisville head coach Jeff Brom is the 2023 college football transfer portal king, and it is shown in the rankings. We'll talk about why this is significant, not only for next year, but for the future as well. And then we'll sort of recap what he's done in the portal, both offensively and defensively. Before we do that, a special occasion, this is episode number 400 for the Locked On the Louisville podcast. I'm extremely appreciative of all of you all that tune in. Um, you know, both daily and periodically, it means the world to me for those that, you know, share it on social media, that comment on social media platforms. It means the world forever grateful if you have an idea that you feel could make this show better for your viewing experience. Let me know. Drop a comment down in the YouTube section below or send me a DM on Twitter at my handle in the graphic. So, uh, but let's talk a little football in under 100 day. We will play football. Um, the Louisville Cardinals have the number one transfer portal class in the country, according to on3.com. And you know, it has to be serious if on3 is giving Louisville its props, um, which seems like it never happens. But on3 has a very interesting way of doing things for transfer portal rankings, and I like it. I like it a ton. Not only does it take into consideration the players coming in, but it also you know, factors in the players leaving. The Cardinals are number one in the country with a 72 index score. Number two is Colorado with 65, USC with 60. They're number three. UCLA is number four with 52. Auburn is number five with 43. LSU, Arkansas, Miami, Florida State, and Wisconsin round out the top 10. Um, so needless to say, what they're saying is Louisville's not only bringing in some very solid players, but they've also done a good job of holding together, you know, the standouts on the team. Now, granted, Louisville had a, a good amount of players go to the NFL draft, a, a handful of starters, if you will. Um, but outside of the outside of the NFL draft, that's the NBA draft. I don't know. I'm losing my mind. If I said NBA draft, please uh, disregard that. But NFL draft. Let's see who's left. Who has left Louisville that is going to significantly hurt next season? I think Monty Montgomery and Dorian Jones are the two that you look at and say, yeah, they probably, uh, you know, that that leaves that leaves a mark. Um, offensively speaking, Luke Kandra on the offensive line. Outside of that, I mean, you lost Braden Smith, which I feel like Louisville did a great job of uh, revamping the wide receiver room. You lost D. Wiggins. Outside of that, you didn't necessarily lose a ton of your roster in terms of the guys that were projecting to play 
next season. And on top of that, you also went to the portal, you addressed your needs, and you added some of the best players at their respective positions. And I think that that's something that um, deserves a round of applause because at this point in time, Jeff Brom and company have not been on the job for six months. They took over in the first week of December or second week of December, one of the two. Uh, I think it was actually second week of December. Since then, they have not only kept together the majority of the Flyville 23 class, they have not only started you know, to get into the Flyville 24 class, they've gotten eight commitments in the cycle so far, but they have exceeded um, via the transfer portal. Now, you could say, well, Dalton, um, with the way Louisville is uh, conducting things NIL-wise, with the opportunities that are there... Um, I mean, is, is what Jeff Brom doing, is it that special? Or is it something that it's him doing his job and we're applauding him for doing so? Well, I mean, I think that, you know, every school has the same opportunity on their hands. And I think that that's where it's impressive is that Louisville is not a top-tier program. Let's call it how it is. I think that it is maybe maybe a sleeping giant. I don't necessarily think that it's a giant um, but I do think that it, there are variables in play here at Louisville. There is aspects of this program, of this university, that allow you to potentially reach the echelon that you're trying to get to. However, um, I also think that you're still a ways away from that. So I personally think that with Louisville being... Um, you know, ranked ahead of some of the blue blood programs. Now, granted, you know, players haven't necessarily left a ton of the blue blood programs. They haven't, you know, come in, but you have to make with what you got. I understand the whole talk of, well, there's not as much roster movement. Well, there's players still going to the NFL and you're talking about programs that still have the same opportunity to bring in guys that are immediately eligible next season. And, I mean, let's see. I mean, Louisville's brought in 24. Auburn's brought in 20. Um, Miami's brought in 15. Colorado, good Lord, 48. Now, granted, they have 57 exit, but Oregon brought in 15. Um, let's see. Oklahoma, 15. Mississippi, 21. Now, other programs have brought in single digits, which, I mean, it is what it is, but... Uh, we're not talking about who has the best team next year. We're talking about who has exceeded in the transfer portal. And it's right there. The numbers don't lie until somebody jumps a little potentially. But we are in late May. So, you know, the uh, opportunity to do that for other schools doesn't necessarily seem as prevalent, um, especially considering it seems like the only schools that are within striking distance are Colorado, USC, and UCLA, who have at least 13 commitments in the transfer portal, Louisville with 24, uh, 25 going out. But it's still impressive, not only because you were able to go out and um, get a bunch of top players that are going to be able to replenish areas of need. We will kind of break that down in the next couple of segments. But another equally as important part, you have to understand, this is uncharted territory for not only collegiate football, but college sports as a whole. One-time transfer rules, players immediately eligible. NIL um, is seeing, um, or NIL is resulting in um, bidding wars like we've never seen before. Um, 
yeah, we are in some interesting times, and everyone's going through the same thing. You have to credit Wobble with being able to keep a good amount of that roster. Now, granted, I think that this is a byproduct of, number one, having a solid NIL infrastructure in place, which is something that is 100% a necessity moving forward, not only for football, but for um, the sports as a whole. So credit not only to the football program, but to the athletics department, the university as a whole, and those funding um, you know, those opportunities. But on top of that, um, I mean, you have to give some credit to Jeff Brom um, because people will say, well, Scott Satterfield maybe could have done the same thing. It, it's hard to play that hypothetical. Um, but I think that, you know, building those relationships was something that Satterfield, you know, had the opportunity to do. But Jeff Brom, first year guy, sometimes it's hard to sell the vision you have for a program when maybe you don't necessarily have, you know, the track record at that place to back it up. He's never coached one game for Louisville. Um, so it, it might necessarily not necessarily be as easy to go to a top player and say, hey, look, I know I haven't coached one game for Louisville, but here's what I have drawn out for where we are going to get to. And it seems like from not only the commitments themselves, but with what these players have said, is that they're buying into the vision, and that's something to focus on. Um, you know, one thing that people love about Jeff Brom is his you know tenacious um, attitude, his vibrant vibe that he has about him, um, very energetic, um, and that's something that I think that players are starting to gravitate towards. That uh, you know, lively vibe that is sort of around the program. There has been a surge um, in emotion a surge and excitement around this program and not only is it surrounding the coaching staff themselves and you know our thoughts on a potential upgrade in coaching but also also having the recruiting to back it up immediately especially in the portal um you know every other school had the opportunity to do what Louisville's done Louisville has done a great job of going out and getting guys that had a lot of interest from other places. So this is something that we need to acknowledge and we need to talk about because, I mean, not only are you keeping the team together, you are adding on to that nucleus. And that's something that you can really, really build upon, not only for this year, but for the future, um, showing other players that enter the transfer portal that, hey, look, we have you know made a way with going out and getting guys and helping them come together and putting that result on the field. So uh, something to look forward to. But I, I want to talk about the class as a whole. Um, there are a lot of additions, 24 guys, 25 guys that are coming in. Uh, we're going to talk about the offensive side of the ball here in a moment after we talk about our friends over at Built Bar. If you're looking for a delicious snack but don't want all of the sugar and calories, you need to try the best tasting protein bar ever. Built, you get the best of both worlds. You can go to built.com, scroll it under the macros chart, and see for yourself how it is very comparable to a protein bar, if not better for you. And then also the notion that the bars are covered in 100% real chocolate, so they taste like candy bars. So like I said, best of both worlds. Uh, what makes it even better than that? A wide variety. Churro, peanut butter brownie, cookies and cream, so on and so forth. Usually you've had to get them at Built.com. Not anymore. If you go to Walmart, go to the pharmacy section. You can get a four-bar box of Built Bars. If you're more of a Sam's Club person, you can go to Sam's Club and get a 13-bar box 
of all of the favorite flavors across the country. All an opportunity with Built. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. So moving on into the second segment of the show, discussing um, the transfer portal class in length. I know that there still might be a couple scholarships remaining to you know maybe add to the tight end position or some other positions that they feel like depth can help at. Uh, but let's talk about the offensive side of the ball, what Jeff Brom has done specifically to help out. And we're going to start out at the quarterback position. I think that that's the main thing to focus on. Uh, Louisville has added two guys. They've added their presumed starter in Jack Plummer, the grad transfer from California, but also a preferred walk-on from UNLV who was on scholarship with the uh, UNLV program. That's Harrison Bailey, former highly rated player. He's a mid-three-star transfer now, um, but you add depth to that position. Uh, Bailey could be a player that has potentially two years left, so maybe he is more projected to be in uh, the conversation maybe next year, but Jack Plummer is a definite upgrade uh, with losing Malik Cunningham. You don't have to trust Pierce Clarkson immediately, a true freshman immediately to come in and play significant playing time, and then you know Brock Doman and Evan Conley really have just kind of struggled over the past couple seasons uh, trying to be the guy. Uh, so you go out and you get a guy that is familiar with the Purdue and um, Jeff Brom offense. Plummer played at Purdue under Brom. Um, has Brian Brom, the offensive coordinator there, so he's he knows the system. He's a veteran guy who just had his best season at California uh, and even did that behind a very kind of uh, patchwork offensive line. So uh, from what I've seen, it seems like there's a lot of optimism that Jack Plummer can help Louisville uh, achieve a lot of success. So that's something to look at is that Louisville – pretty much uh, upgraded and got a player that they needed to at the most important position, that is the quarterback position. Another position that didn't necessarily need a ton of work running back-wise. You know, you just needed a depth piece. You went out and you got a guy from Wisconsin in Isaac Garendo. Uh, Mainly you have speed backs on the team. Now you add a power back, 6'1", 190, uh, the transfer from Wisconsin, mid-three-star level transfer. Uh, but not only is he a solid power back, but does a good job of receiving out of the backfield. So a solid depth piece, hard to pitch a starting role for um, an offense to where you know who the starter is. That's Juar Jordan. But, um, you know, with only Maurice Turner, Jordan, and uh, Kiwan Brown, adding another running back to the mix would is pretty solid for depth purposes because we've seen how injuries have hurt the Louisville offense over the past couple seasons at that position. Tight end-wise, we're still kind of in a wait-and-see approach. Had some guys go out of the position, but the one guy they've added is Joey Gatewood, uh, quarterback, converted wide receiver, now converted tight end, started his career at Auburn, then went to Kentucky, lost out to Will Levis, transferred to Central Florida where he switched positions to wide receiver, has not caught a pass in college yet, but obviously Jeff Brom sees something, Six foot five, 233 pounds, um, four-star uh, coming out of high school. Um, this is a player that... 
I think you're banking on the athleticism and the size to be able to block and potentially, you know, be a guy who can be a uh, fourth or fifth option in the receiving core. So I think that that's something to look forward to. I think that you could still look to see Louisville add to that tight end position, but at this point in time, you know, he is the lone transfer addition via the tight end position. But offensive line, what a great job uh, Brom and company have done. It seems like uh, you saw what Louisville did in the spring game, and it's like, okay, we need to do a little bit to the offensive line. Um, and Louisville's added a lot of one-year grad transfer guys that are projected to play a lot. I mean, you're talking about um, Trevante Sylvester from Houston, um, a guy that you know you could see playing um, you know a couple seasons at the tackle position. There's also guys like Eric Miller started uh, offensive tackle for Purdue. Willie Tyler from Rutgers who can play um, at any position. It seems like interior or on the edge. Vincent Lamia plays at the tackle spot. John Paul Flores inside offensive lineman from Virginia. Um, and I feel like I'm forgetting one. Maybe I'm not. Um, but Lance Robinson from Houston as well. So Louisville has added a, a good amount of offensive linemen. You went out and you got depth. Uh, you got not only depth, but you got a couple potential starters in the portal, guys that are veterans for a group that's still kind of young coming back because, I mean, you have Brian Hudson, you have Adonis Boone, you have Michael Gonzalez, but after that, um, actually, is that Adonis Boone? It might be, I think it's actually Renato Brown, if I'm not mistaken. I said Adonis Boone, but I think it's Renato Brown. Um, yeah, it's, no, it's, it's Renato Brown, uh, Forgive me for that. It is not Adonis Boone. It is Renato Brown. But you have a couple of veteran pieces, but you lost Luke Kandra, which sucks. He was projected to be a starting guard. Um, probably really the only true tough offensive loss for the Cardinals in the portal. Um, but you went out and you got guys that have started multiple games over double-digit games for uh, various teams over various years, multiple year starters, guys that are versatile, that are flexible, that can play both at the tackle positions or they can move to the inside and play guard while Brian Hudson is at center. Uh, and then you have a guy like Michael Gonzalez that's a projected left tackle starter that could also move inside where he was recruited out of high school to play. That's the interior. So something to look forward to is versatility seems to be the name of the game for uh, you know the offensive line. Uh, and Richard Owens, the offensive line coach. I'm interested to see who is going to be in the two deep for uh, fall camp and, and moving into that week one matchup with Georgia Tech down in Atlanta. So um, something to look forward to. I do believe that the offensive line was pretty solidly added to, and that's something to um, that you can hang your hat on. The position that I think that Louisville added to the most that's going to pay dividends is the wide receiver position. You lost Braden Smith. You lost D. Wiggins to transfers. You lost Chance Morrow to a transfer as well. Tyler Hudson is in the NFL now. Um, so there was some needs at the wide receiver position. What did you go out and do? You got the best wide receiver from the Sun Belt, Jamari Thrash, who is ranked by a lot of sites as like a top 20 transfer, um, a guy that could play that Tyler Hudson role next season. But not only did you do that, but you went out and you got a guy like Kevin Coleman Jr., freshman from Jackson State, that had 500 receiving yards, former four-star player. That seems to be another um, trend that we're seeing is highly rated four-star guys uh, from the last class that didn't necessarily uh, see a fit 
after this season and they end up transferring to Louisville. There's a couple guys mainly on the defensive side of the ball that we'll talk about, but Kevin Coleman Jr., one of the guys on the offensive side. A couple other wide receiver transfers, Jimmy Callaway and Jaden Thompson. Uh, Jaden Thompson was like a third or fourth option for the Cincinnati Bearcats this past season, so that's something to look at, um, you know, what he brings to the table. Jimmy Callaway, very talented, had, uh, I believe, some off-the-field issues at Tennessee, but uh, perhaps a change of scenery uh, could do really well for him, and there has been a lot of people raving about what he can do on the field um, while he's been here at Louisville. So a lot of upgrades across the offensive side of the ball, and that's something that you look at and think outside of tight end, you know, Jeff Brom and company did a great job across the board. So I want to take the time now to go to the defensive side of the ball. Before we do that, I want to thank you all again for making us your first listen of the day. Uh, just a reminder that the show is free on all streaming services five days a week, your team. Every day. And episode 400, it, it just makes me kind of reminisce. I remember recording that first ever episode in a beach house in Destin on a family vacation and having to continue to record and record because people were um, making too much noise, um, you know, getting drunk and things of that nature. But regardless, um, it, it's wild to see how far the show's come. Still a lot of growth to be had. So, um, but the final segment of the show dedicated to the defensive side of the ball will start out the defensive line. Louisville just got a recent commitment from Georgia State defensive lineman Jeffrey Clark. You also have commitments from um, uh, Penn State's Rodney McGraw and Stanford's Stephen Heron. Uh, so you add depth at that position. I think that Clark and McGraw are going to serve to be quality depth this season. Stephen Heron replaces Yaya Diaby or Yasir Abdullah, one of the two. Um, but, you know, a guy that's from Louisville, played at Stanford, had a very solid career there, and Louisville's able to bring another guy home. That is uh, something that can definitely uh, be applauded, especially when you bring in a starter-level player that's played at the Power Five, succeeded at the Power Five, and bring some veteran leadership to that position. So defensive line didn't necessarily need a ton of work, just adding to the depth uh, areas. You did a great job in the Flyville 23 class, adding some guys at that position. But uh, linebacking is sort of the same way. You added Keith Brown from Oregon, four-star level guy that didn't necessarily see a ton of field at Florida or Florida, Oregon, um, but was projected to be a guy who played a lot of potential starter in 2023. So getting him to join this group is incredible. I think that there's some high hopes for the linebacker room, the guys that are returning, but still you bring in a guy who I think is going to compete for starting, um, you know, snaps immediately in that position. The most growth, the most that uh, was addressed was the defensive backs room and credit the staff for doing just that. They've added some very solid guys, perhaps the best or highest rated guy in or a couple of highest rated guys in the class, Marcus Washington from Georgia, a six foot four star prospect from last year's class, has four years of eligibility remaining. Didn't necessarily play a lot on a very loaded Kirby Smart defense, which you know is what it is, but extremely talented nonetheless. Marquise Groves Killebrew fits that mold as well. Highly rated four star level transfer was a top hundred and fifty player coming out of the 2022 class from Texas A&M, was projected to be a starter in 2023, had some injuries last year, but you add two young guys that have a ton of talent, multiple years of eligibility remaining to kind of mold into starters for the future while you have veterans like Quincy Riley and Jarvis Brownlee. But don't mistake it, Louisville still added veterans at that position. Devin Neal from Baylor, three-star level transfer from Baylor, I said that already. He will be playing safety. You've also got two guys from um, North Carolina, Storm Duck, 
uh, all ACC selection um, in the past couple seasons. He's going to be a guy, you know, six foot, 200 pounds, that's going to be competing for a starting level cornerback position. Cam Kelly, um, another player that uh, has seen a ton of success at the Power Five position. Um, Cam Kelly transferred to or opted to transfer to Virginia, decommitted, transferred to Louisville. Storm Duck opted to go to Penn State, decommitted, transferred to Louisville as well. So just goes to show you that the Cardinals still, you know, working those lines of communication and those um, relationships as well. So, like I said, you added Storm Duck, you added Cam Kelly, and then the other guy you added was um, Gilbert Frierson from Miami, a guy that's extremely talented. Uh, but just maybe didn't fit the the defense that uh, Mario Cristobal was wanting to run. Played better under Diaz uh, in Coral Gable, so he's a guy that could project to be an outside linebacker. Um, you know, a hybrid safety that plays here and there throughout. Um, I think what Louisville was able to do at the defensive backs room. There's a lot of turnover there. Guys that went to the league, Katrell Clark no longer there, Chandler Jones no longer there. You returned some pretty solid players, MJ Griffin, um, Josh Meekins Jr. Quincy Riley, Jarvis Brownlee, but you went out and you got competition. Iron sharpens iron. You got depth. Um, it's a position that I feel like Louisville's been trying to address almost every single season under Scott Satterfield, and that's something that always kind of made me uneasy is that even when you got players that were pretty young and talented, Kenai Walker um, entered the portal. You had some other guys like Greedy Vance entered the portal. Walker went to Oklahoma. Greedy Vance went to Florida State. It is what it is. That's sort of uh, the reality of the transfer portal at this point in time. Um, but this cycle, Louisville didn't lose a ton of players that were going to make pretty significant impacts next season. So something to look forward to um, is how well Louisville addressed the wide receiver room, how well Louisville addressed the defensive backs room. But not only that, I, I think tight ends, the one position that you're seeing the Cardinals still trying to address, even if you're not able to do so, you know, potentially walk on Josh Lipson, who had a great spring game, could be in line to have a, a solid season. You have a true freshman in Jamari Johnson that is extremely talented. We'll see how ready he is. Uh, for week one, um, and then obviously now you add Joey Gatewood into the mix, which is kind of one of those low-risk, medium-reward type additions to where if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. I think he's a one-year transfer, um, but you still have a guy like uh, Joey Gatewood who could potentially succeed more than we think. So um, I think the name of the game is that this offseason went about as good as you could have hoped for if you're Louisville. You feel like you got a coaching upgrade um, at the head coaching spot, a guy who wants to be here, a guy who could possibly be here for the long haul, a lifer, if you will, who not only kept together the majority of the Flyville 23 class, but also now pulls out the number one transfer portal class in the country. So something to um, hang your hat on, but... You have to win the games. Season is less than 100 days away. It's going to go by very slowly. But um, that's going to wrap up today's episode of the show. Everyone have a great day. Uh, well, I, I will say, it, this is being recorded on Sunday. I'm going to try to publish on Sunday, but it might be published on Memorial Day. So if that's the case, um, we do want to um, extend our thanks to all of those uh, that are here with us and that are not here with us for their service in the United States Armed Military um, you know, for their continued sacrifice for this nation and for the people in it. So, um, we, uh, mem or we remember those who we've lost on the battlegrounds in combat, wherever may have you, those that have served in the armed forces. So, 
But that's going to wrap up today's episode of the show. Everyone have a great day. We'll see you right back here soon. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.